to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. My name is Lauren Jackson, and I cannot wait for you to hear from Shailene Smith, the Kids Ministry Director at New Life East, in our conversation today. But before we jump to that, I have a quick announcement. Our fall Kids Ministry Circle cohort just wrapped, which means we are gearing up for our spring cohort. If you don't know what our cohorts are, they are a 12-week cohort where you get to gather on Zoom with a handful of other kids ministry leaders to share ideas, share resources, offer encouragement, prayer, support, laughter, and all sorts of things. It is a time for you to sit across a virtual table with kids ministry leaders and just realize that you are not alone. The struggles and The difficulties that you are facing are felt across the United States and beyond. And so I love the opportunity to lead this cohort and to just connect the dots and allow people to hear other wise voices that are faithfully serving in their community. If you are interested or would like to learn more, you can head over to Kids Ministry Circle slash cohort and check out what our spring cohort dates are and how to sign up to get the registration link first. We cannot wait for our spring cohort to begin in 2023. All right, here is my conversation with Shailene Smith. So now for our conversation with Shailene. Shailene, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here with you, Lauren. Thanks for having me. No problem. Why don't you introduce yourself Tell us about how you got started in kids ministry, where you're currently serving, and any other fun facts you should share. Yeah, well, I'm Shailene Smith. I work at New Life East um, Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It's one of eight congregations. We're um, one of the newer congregations. We started in 2020. Um, But yeah, I have been in kids ministry for five years, and uh, I got started in kids ministry. It was Uh, kind of an unconventional story, I guess, but I was originally going to school for uh, education. I wanted to be a teacher and an English teacher at that. So I did all four years. And then the last year I was starting my student teaching and I realized, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I do not want to work in the public school system. So um, I just changed my major and I needed a job. So I I reached out to my church that I had been volunteering at and started in midweek as a teacher on like a, on the Tuesday, Thursday night kind of thing. I call midweek the refiner's fire of children's ministry. <laughs> it can be really challenging um, oh, at some goodness. points. So I started as a teacher there and eventually worked my way up to midweek coordinator. And then that led to my time as uh, the the family ministries director at New Life East. And I've been doing that, like I said, since we launched in 2020. So I'm loving it. That's awesome. What did you change your major to? I just changed, I dropped the education part. So my college, okay. the way it worked was you just had to choose a, spe- a specific topic. So okay. I just uh, graduated with English Lit. So Nice. Yeah. That's great. I love what you said about midweek. That is so funny. I... <laughs> don't have a whole lot of experience running a midweek program. Yeah. Um, But that is true. Sometimes midweek can be tricky. Um, How was it launching New Life East in 2020? Yeah, it was really fun at first because we were, uh, we launched February 6th of 2020. Oh my gosh. It was a month before 
COVID happened. And that was challenging because you you already are like, what is this going to be? What's this new congregation? Who are we going to be? Like you're dreaming big. And then I remember the all staff meeting where Pastor Brady, who oversees all of our congregations, he's our senior pastor. He was like, guys, we're, we're just going to feel this out. We'll, we'll tell you as soon as things unfold. The next day, everything got shut down and we suddenly became an online campus overnight. And oh that was actually goodness. pretty challenging uh, for a lot of reasons within kids ministry, but mm-hmm. it it still was fun because we got to work together as a team. We had to work together as a yeah. team as not just East, but as new life as a whole, all congregations, yep. we kind of came together and helped support one another. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, fun fact. So Shailene, uh, actually could, I got connected to Shailene through my brother-in-law who's on staff at New Life East with Shailene. And he told me that, uh, you have a super cool kids ministry philosophy that definitely needed to make it on the podcast. And so I would love for you to kind of talk about what that is, share it with us, maybe share how you came to these specific conclusions about kids ministry, and then we'll keep talking about it. Yeah, I am really excited to share it. It's something I'm passionate about. I never thought in my life that I would be in full-time vocational ministry. And uh, I have realized in retrospect that being at New Life has has really been a massive blessing because of the leadership mm-hmm. that we have. And I don't say that because I'm like only for New Life. I say it because I've seen uh, a lot of different strategies and I've seen um, people in other congregations and different uh, church contexts that every time I'm like, oh, but this, this is gold. I think like, I think this is actually gold. So uh, I, while I was in midweek and uh, at North, I had the immense privilege of being under the leadership of Dr. Michelle Anthony. Mm -hmm. She, uh, uh, it works at North now, but has uh, really changed the culture of children's ministry and family ministries at New Life Church as a whole. And uh, one of the things that she introduced me to that then has led the strategy for uh, New Life East kids ministry and student ministries is this book called Seven Family Ministries Essentials, Mm -hmm. Seven Family Ministry Essentials. And it was written by Michelle Anthony and Megan Marshman, if you're familiar with her. Love Megan. So uh, this is a strategy for culture change in children's and student ministries. And this book, The Seven Essentials, they have really created this foundation of value that we can then make sure all of our decisions are being based in those values. So that's something that I never really knew before was, you know, you just make a decision, you can be reactive sometimes like, okay, just continue, continue. But Mm -hmm. when I realized like this is a proactive strategy, I was like hooked. And so it has now shifted to being, okay, whatever decisions I have to make as the leader in this area, I'm going to make sure that they are based on values. Mm-hmm. And I did a talk at, we have a, a, a conference called the Gathering Conference for uh, ministry leaders yep. uh, every year around October time. And I did a talk with one of my coworkers this past year about how to make, how to change and cultivate culture based on value-based decisions. Mm-hmm. And we kind of go down this uh, pyramid, if you will, that if we have the same vision, then we go to our mission, which leads into our core values, which leads into the plan of the programming, yep. Yep. all of that, right? And so if our vision is the same as the global church, like our vision really is to see the restored kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. on earth, right? So like kingdom yep. coming to 
earth. And if that as the church is our goal, then our mission can be specific to our context. So our mission still is Matthew 28, right? The great commission to make disciples. And I am in the Pikes Peak region. So my mission is to make disciples in the Pikes Peak region, which leads to the vision, which is the kingdom of heaven coming down to earth. So if those, if we have those set straight, then our core values should reflect those. Mm -hmm. And at New Life Church as a whole, sometimes ministry leaders struggle with within family ministries because maybe their church has different values that kind of conflict with their values within their ministry. Right. But at New Life, we don't have that, which I'm grateful for. We have uh, we have four values for New Life Church as a whole, kingdom, relationship, intentionality, and generosity. But then in New Life uh, Kids at East Campus, we do have uh, the seven family ministry essentials are our core values, and those mm-hmm. support the church's values, right? So it's kind of this fountain, if you will, of decisions and values. And then that just leads into our strategic plan. So then it causes us to not be reactive or yep. uh, it, it it allows us to not be led by culture necessarily, but we decide, okay, I am confident in the programming that we are putting out or the content that we're putting out or how we are engaging with the students and the kids because it's based on something more than just like, am I relevant? Or are we um, talking about the hot topics that need to be talked about? Sure, those Mm -hmm. things are important too, but if only if they're based on value, not just reaction. Yeah. That's kind of the base of it. Yeah, I love that because sometimes churches do events because the leader down the street is also doing the event. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, well, this person on Facebook did this one event. That was a huge hit for their church. I'm going to do that because I want it to be a huge hit for my church. And sometimes, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And I love that. I love the phrase value-based decisions and just really paying attention to the vision, mission, and values of your ministry before you plan your annual year strategically. And so I would love for you to share maybe a specific event that you guys have on your calendar and kind of walk me through the process of here's the event, here's kind of what value it's tied to um, so that we can see or hear just a good example of that. So one of the, it's not necessarily an event, but it is a thing that we have consistently in family ministries at New Life East is uh, something called home curriculum. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this can be equivalent to like parent curriculum. We realize that there are unconventional families in the world. So we just call it home curriculum. It's something that they can take, whoever is in charge of the kiddos can take home with them. Uh, because one of our values in seven family ministry essentials is that parents are primary. Uh, mm-hmm. They are the primary nurturer of a child's faith. So we want them to be able to uh, be the the front runner, be the trailblazer for building faith for their kiddo. And then we come alongside and support it. Sometimes too often it'll be like, oh, um, it's just childcare. Like drop my kids off. They'll learn about Jesus there. But like mm-hmm. that's the main part of their spiritual um, discipleship. Right. But we are like, no, we're your support. Actually, we'll, we want you to talk about it first and then we'll come up alongside you. So the home curriculum is something that they can take home to prep their kids for Sunday. So yep. sometimes you, some churches will give a takeaway, which that still has a similar value. We just want to be on the back end of the mm-hmm. spiritual discipline um, or rather the spiritual discipleship. So we're like, Hey, 
take this home with you. And then we have an event called Family Night that is under the roof of North because we can partner with them that then is home curriculum and another one of our resources called Homefront Magazine, which has a similar value of Mm -hmm. um, them being this primary nurturer of their child's faith. The event, Family Night, allows them to come together with other families and actually put some of those activities or um, prompts into practice together with other people. Another one of our values is that uh, the ministry community is super important. So Mm -hmm. that like hits two of them right there. So that's one example I can think of just off the top of my head. Yeah, that those are great examples. Now, when you are planning out your year, when you like, okay, it's December. So January is coming, whether your calendar year is school year based or January to December, are you trying to hit all seven of those? Do you make sure you have one for each value or do you kind of say, Hey, we're going to kind of plan events that match values. And if we're missing one, that's okay. Kind of walk me through that mindset and that process. Yeah, great question. So um, the seven values, if I, I'll just say them really quickly, because that might give yeah. more concrete um, help great. to where we're going. So um, the first one is that we we empower families as primary nurture of the child's faith. Uh, we try to build spiritual formation for a lifetime of faith. We don't want mm-hmm. to just like, if we're to end the moment that they graduate and it's like, okay, good luck. You're on your own. It's like, we want yep. to build formation in them to have a lifetime of faith. We believe that scripture is our authority. So any curriculum that we create comes out of that truth, uh, which leads into the the next one that the Holy Spirit teaches. We could be the best teachers in the world, but at the end of the day, if we're not teaching the kids how to interact with the Holy Spirit and how to listen Mm -hmm. to his voice and the work we're doing is, is not worth it in my opinion. The next one is the, uh, we believe in the God's, in God's grand redemptive narrative. So we don't want to just teach kids about Noah. Boom. You learned about Noah now have a great Monday, have mm-hmm. a good week. It's, hey, what did you learn about who God is through yeah. the life of Noah? So we yeah. uh, we teach God statements. That's like the anchor of each of our lessons, which leads into the next one, which is God is central. It's not, uh, this scripture is teaching us how to be kind. I can be kind. Well, no, no, we need, we need to anchor ourselves back into who the character of God is. God is central in this story. He invites us into it. We're not the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, which leads to the last one, a community of ministry support. We know that we can't do this alone. We have to do things together. So all of those yeah. seven fit into min- the family ministries model that we have at some point, whether it's events, whether it's curriculum, whether mm-hmm. it's how we interact with our volunteers, whether it's how we disciple our kids or yeah. uh, the kind of parent stuff that we have to support parents. So Never do we say like, okay, every single event has to hit all seven, but we are constantly putting them on the wall being like, okay, here are our values. Um, What we're doing, does it hit a handful of them? Does it hit a couple of them? Or is there something that's being supplemental? We also have to be aware of not doing events or not doing programming that only hits like three specific Mm. ones. It could be really easy to just hit three of them. But if we're not focusing on like a community of ministry support, then man, those can't be implemented in a healthy way that builds community um, Mm -hmm. and friendship within the congregation itself. So these are just always at the forefront, but I will say something that's challenging with this is when you are trying to plan 
events and curriculum and things that affect the church as a whole. So like, I mm-hmm. need the support of senior pastor. I love our right. pastor, Andrew aren't, he's amazing. He's so supportive. He's wonderful. I could talk his praises all day. Um, <laughs> when they don't know the values or they don't understand the culture that you're trying to build, that right. can sometimes be difficult. Uh, even something, I don't know if any of the listeners or you have dealt with this, but uh, we strongly believe that what we're doing is children's ministry, not mm-hmm. childcare because yep. of our values. Yeah. So we try to change the language from childcare to children's ministry, yep. or kids ministry. And that is a hard shift for people who are not on your team, who you're not training, who don't understand the culture. So definitely uh, that's something that you're up against a little bit. Mm -hmm. Hey friends, just a quick break to introduce you to some of our new friends, Kaleidoscope. We've all faced this dilemma of searching high and low for some of the best discipleship resources out there for our parents and families. And we know that sometimes kids grow up and think they're too big for those storybook Bibles and their reading level hasn't quite caught up to the adult translations. What are we to do? Well, that's where Kaleidoscope comes in. They help bridge the gap between storybook Bibles and adult translations by retelling every book of the Bible at an elementary reading level in a beautifully designed single volume chapter book. How cool is that? This month, they have a new book out, Promised Hope, the Gospel of Luke, as well as an innovative Advent resource, Connected Christmas. Kaleidoscope could make a great Christmas gift, and it could make a great addition to any parent resource list or parent resource wall in your ministry. They also have volumes on everything from Numbers and Exodus to Matthew and Romans. You can check them out today at Read Kaleidoscope or follow them on Instagram at Read Kaleidoscope. But wait, there's more. You can take 10% off your order with the code KIDS. That's K-I-D-S, KIDS. Kaleidoscope, the new kid in kids' Bibles. Um, Okay, I do have one question about these seven things and talking about events and curriculum and resources. I would love to know how you hit number four. How do you hit the Holy Spirit? Because I think a lot of kids ministry leaders don't have the words to talk about the Holy Spirit with kids and don't really know how to create an environment where people and kids and volunteers can talk about it, learn about it, experience it. So what does that look like in your context? How do you kind of hit that Holy Spirit teaches value? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. This is actually one of my favorite values, if I can have, if I could choose, <laughs> is this one because I didn't grow up in the church. I became a Christian when I was 17. So I don't have memories of going to Sunday school, what that's like for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can't empathize with the kids in that way, but something that we do for twos and up, right? So this is happening super young. We we try to make it age appropriate for each, yeah. each age. And from twos, all the way up, we uh, engage in this thing called worship response. And it's in every single lesson. We make sure it's yep. in every lesson. And it's just, a, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's a time that after the lesson and after worship has happened, the content of it, that's like the tr- Christian education side of it. Mm-hmm. We allow spiritual formation to happen. So that's, man, teachers, close your mouth for just a couple of minutes Mm -hmm. and let the the spirit talk to the kids. So Mm -hmm. you can prompt them and say, okay, so let's say the God statement is Jesus is King. And it's a story about how Jesus is the King of all Kings. 
the worship response could be something like for two-year-olds, hey, buddies, we're going to um, glue these cotton balls or these gems onto this little paper crown. And while you do that, um, I want you to like, if you believe that Jesus is a king, you can say Jesus is king, or you can pray, Jesus, would you be king of my life? Like that, that is what it could look like for twos and threes, mm-hmm. which sometimes seems really silly. It's like, okay, are they actually engaging? Like, but it's teaching them at that young age. This is yeah. what it looks like to engage with the spirit. But then that in elementary could change to, we had one recently that was God is healer. And mm-hmm. then the worship response is, okay, so Two, two points. What have you seen God heal in your life mm-hmm. or your family's life? And what are you hoping he heals for you yeah. or your family? Write it down on this little chain and we're going to put the chain together and it'll be all of yeah. our um, responses all together as the body, the church. And yeah. we got to see some of them afterwards. And some of these kids are saying things like, God healed my mom when she lost her baby, mm-hmm. right? Like these are yeah. hard Those things. Those are big things. Yeah, that these kids are experiencing in their life, but they don't always have a, an outlet to to talk to the Lord about it because their parents might be too overwhelmed or mm-hmm. they, like you said, don't know how to engage with the spirit. But it's something as simple as them being able to say, like, thank you, God, for healing my mom when she yeah. lost the baby. And then you, a lot of this is modeling. You express, we do this thing at the end of every series called Remember and Celebrate. It's based mm-hmm. on the peace and festivals. And we want the children to get used to telling their testimony. So God yeah. is healer. How is he healer? Through this, he healed my mom. Mm-hmm. That is a testimony, a story of God. So we model that as the staff and the and we encourage the volunteers to model that. Like, So tell a story about, hey, I was really sick for a month and I saw God was healer because somebody prayed for me and my belly was feeling better. That's yeah. amazing. Let's praise God for that. Like it could be so simple but you're just helping them engage with Thanksgiving, with praise, with um, confession, with asking. Um, It's just the ways that we are doing it in our adult life. We just make it age appropriate for them. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Okay. I love that example. A couple follow-up questions. And I know this is probably a question that a lot of people are asking. What curriculum are you guys using? Uh, on Sunday mornings? It's a combo a little bit. Uh, So we do true curriculum Uh and my amazing staff, they're wonderful. I have a volunteer coordinator and a classroom coordinator is what we call Mm -hmm. this role. And our classroom coordinator, she will just read through every lesson just to make sure that it hits every single one of our values or most of our values Mm -hmm. and we'll edit or change if need be, but a majority of true um, really is just spot on for us right now. That's great. I know I used true. I feel like it was a long time ago, but I loved the worship and respond moments or the, the remember and celebrate, like those kind of moments were some of my favorite Mm. because that, that mindset of, Hey, volunteers, just let the kids sit in silence, like play some music. You don't need to be, you don't need to be filling every single second with words. You can just let them sit and do and be. And, um, I think that's something that sometimes we miss in Sunday morning programming because we feel like it has to be loud and exciting and busy and full and engaging. And that's a, there's a place for that, but also there's a place for 
the quiet and the silence and the contemplation and the just experiencing who God is. And, um, and so I love that. I'm a big fan of what true is doing, but also just that peace and that being a value of the Holy spirit, uh, teaching. So I love that. Um, this may be a tricky, tricky question, but I'm going to ask it to you anyways, because I know you can answer it. Uh, <laughs> if there was a kids ministry leader who is like, I don't know, we're not using true. We're not in a place to change curriculums. How can a leader implement this into a classroom? Like what would be a good way of like, if they're very new to this whole mindset of the Holy spirit as teacher and allowing space for kids to experience that, what would be your, like, you should do this first, or here's a good idea of a way to implement that in small ways on a Sunday morning. Gosh, I think the first thing is taking inventory of your own life. And are you creating those spaces in your own Mm -hmm. life for you to connect with the Holy spirit in that kind of way? Are you are you engaging in worship response in your own life to say, um, sometimes, sometimes Michelle, Dr. Michelle, Anthony would put us through this kind of, uh, moment. She would just encourage us like, Hey guys, before we start our meeting, I need, I want you to write down like a God statement about your life. That is true right now. What is true mm-hmm. about God right now in your life? And she would lead us through like a little worship response moment. And the reason I say that it's important to, to engage in that in your own life first is because that is what you will naturally teach when you're at at the front of your stage or we are a pop-up campus. So it's like we take over an elementary school every weekend. So when you're in the classroom, wherever you're at, you will teach what you have experienced Mm -hmm. um, if you're not prepared. So experience those moments with the Holy Spirit on your own. Yeah check your heart to see like what you believe about the Holy spirit. And then from that, take little steps. It could be something as simple as in twos and threes, turning off the lights and saying, Hey friends, let's lay down for a second. And it's going to be quiet. Maybe play some like instrumental music. That's what we do. And just ask God to tell you one thing. That's true. One thing Mm. and give them 30 seconds, a minute of silence. Yeah. And then invite them. Hey, what did, God told me that he is good. What's something yeah. God told you during this time? And you will be shocked. There are, there are twos and threes who have wrecked me because they speak a truth to me that I wasn't ready to hear. Like a three-year-old once was, I said, yeah, Betty, what, what, what did God say to you? And he said, God told me that he loves me so much and he loves my mom so much. And I was like, Aww. you got it. Like you, like that's, that's truth, even though it's yeah. simple. It's true. So you can take very simple steps that don't require resources, that don't require you prepping anything. You can just sit in silence and ask them, what's Holy Spirit talking to you right now? Yeah. Yeah. And I I love how it it is very age appropriate. So you're not asking two and three-year-olds to sit in silence for five minutes because they couldn't do that. No. But they could do it for 30 seconds and they could listen to a song and... Like we all know that twos and three-year-olds can sit and watch a whole half hour TV show. And so they can sit and they can be silent for a few seconds. And I think that's important too, of, of setting some clear expectations, but also understanding the age appropriateness of it and kind of adapting these values to that as well. Um, Exactly. So switching gears a little bit, 
I would love to know how this value-based decisions, these values have influenced what you guys do for the Advent and Christmas season, because this episode, we're recording it. It's the first of December and it's going to come out at the beginning of December. And so I would love to know what you have planned for your families and volunteers and community for Advent and Christmas. Yeah. So it's kind of fun at East Campus. We're we're a bit, we're smaller. Our production level is really low, like mm-hmm. especially compared to others, um, mm-hmm. but we love it and it fits our community really well. So what we're doing for the Advent season is actually super simple. We are, as a big church, I call, I call it big church, um, the big church, uh, we are having families read Advent uh, prayers out every Sunday. So at, at each service, there is mm-hmm. a family, including kiddos with the mic, reading a prayer out together, leading people in a prayer um, for Advent. And uh, in the classroom itself, the lessons match up to the season as well. So there, it's preparing the kids mm-hmm. for this coming of the Savior, this coming of the promised Redeemer that 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 in the Old Testament, they didn't know necessarily who that was going to be. So it's prepping them for that. And then just to add some fun in there, we are doing themed Sundays. So this Sunday upcoming is Christmas sweater day and we'll have like socks day and hats and stuff like that. Uh, But we also have our home curriculum tailored to Advent season and we will have a Christmas resource available on Christmas Eve service that Christmas Day families can have for Christmas Day because we're not having services on Christmas Day this year It's uh, because we just want families to be with each other. But the resource is going in their hand so that they can lead their families in an activity, a game, and some prayer and devotion time together if they don't know, know how to do that. It's a resource for them. Yeah, that's awesome. So fun. I love all the fun things for Advent and Christmas. And I love, I always love when you can see like families participating in adult worship services. And I love that families can be reading those prayers together because how I think it's just so fun. It's so fun to, for like church members to see it, but also for families to participate. It's super fun. I love that. Um, Okay. I have one more question before our last question is I would love for you to give me a brief, a brief explanation of your home curriculum. What does it look like? What expectations are you setting for parents? Brief explanation of the home curriculum. Yeah, brief explanation. It is a one-pager. We make sure it's a one-pager that has all of the Sunday God statements and a a brief uh, little paragraph about what the story will be for that Sunday for the series. So Mm -hmm. it's for each age group. So we have nursery, that's twos and threes. We have pre-KK, and then we have elementary. So parents can take, if they have a kid in each of those age groups, they can take them because they will be different God statements. Yep. And uh, there are also little, we call them like little clues. We have a monkey in twos and threes. He's our like puppet monkey. His name is Milo and he comes out of the backpack and helps tell the story. Cute. But um, as an incentive to have kids like encourage parents to like, hey, can you grab that home curriculum, mom and dad? Mm-hmm. Then um, there's an incentive there of like a fun fact or a trivia or something that is like, if you can tell your teacher the answer to this, you get a puff ball in the jar. We get a reward when the puff ball jar gets full. So, so that fun. kind of gives them a connection to, to remind mom and dad, because sometimes yeah. parents can be so saturated with things at school, everything like that. Yep. So it's content of the curriculum uh, that's coming up. 
and uh, little fun things to encourage them. Yeah. Do you send that digitally as well? So we right now only have it um, paper. So the teachers, okay. the volunteers of the Sunday, if it's a brand new, like, hey, we have a new home curriculum this week for the upcoming month, they'll hand it out at checkout. But then we also have a station before check-in happens that mm-hmm. they can grab it uh, along with the Homefront magazine and any other like nice. pamphlets and drop cards. Yeah. That we have. So you do it for the whole month. It's not just a week, a weekly handout. You hand out the whole month at a glance. Yeah. And sometimes it's like a uh, give or take a week because it's the series. So, yeah. it, but it's okay. typically about four to five weeks of content that's very brief, one pager, front, back, but at least just one pager. Wow. I love that month at a glance idea. Instead yeah. of like parents getting a paper every week they come, it's like, oh no, here's the whole month. And yes, I think it helps families know if they missed a week, they can catch up at home. That's it. But also it's like sometimes when, I don't know, our church right now in kids is in the Old Testament. And so sometimes it's helpful to know, okay, what was the story before? What's the story after? Like, how does this fit into God's big redemptive narrative? Exactly. That's a value of yours yep. at New Life East. And so uh, I love that idea that the parents and families can see the bigger picture. And I wrote this down when you were talking earlier of, I love that it's called a home curriculum. Yes. I love that it's not, here's your parent resource. Yes. Here's something for the parents. It's home curriculum. So wherever your home is, you can do this, which I think is really um inviting and inclusive to families that all look different. So I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question we always ask is if you were talking to someone brand new in kids ministry, what would be your words of encouragement or advice? Yeah. Great question. Um, I would say kill the comparison monster right now, mm-hmm. whether, I mean, whether you're a volunteer or a staff member, whatever role you play being in kids ministry or family ministries, be diligent to keep your eyes on your ministry. Uh, there's this quote from a show called Louie that I've never watched, but I've <laughs> seen the quote, um, like, filtering throughout the internet. And uh, Mm -hmm. ultimately his kid is very upset that he didn't get the thing that his older sibling got. And the dad gets down um, and he says, the only time you should look in your neighbor's bowl is to make sure that they have enough. Don't don't look in your neighbor's Mm -hmm. bowl to see if you have as much as them. Mm -hmm. And I think wherever you're at in ministry, it can be so easy to look at what other churches are doing, what what's in their bowl? How did they get yep. that? How much money do they have? What kind of building do they have? Like it can mm-hmm. be so easy to think and compare about what you're doing versus what everybody else is doing, but stay present with the Holy Spirit and what he's asking you to do with what you have right now, where you are with the people who are around you. Because the moment you start comparing it's going to steal your joy. We know that comparison steals joy. And so I would just say, be diligent with the people who are in front of you, the kids, the curriculum, and be aware so that you're not just being stagnant and complacent. But if, if you are looking at other people, don't do it to see how much they have and what you lack. Do it because you're wanting to support them or you're wanting advice Mm -hmm. um, and help. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. That's so encouraging. I love that. Um, well, Shailene, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We will link um, what you talked about, the book that you referenced, the gathering conference that you talked about. We will link those in the show notes. So if people are like, I want to read this book, 
um, that they can head right over to the show notes and get and buy that book for themselves because it's a great resource. I've read it. I have it on my shelf. Um, fun fact. I don't know if you knew this. Michelle Anthony was my kid's pastor growing up. No way. Oh, That's yeah. amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. But seems like ages she's ago. She's been doing, well, she's been doing it forever. She yeah, is so an expert. In, Cal- in California. And I had this vivid memory of her walking down the aisle at BBS one year and she's going to, if she, if she listens to this, I don't think she tell does. Me, tell me. She does. She'll laugh at this. Uh, the theme was like jungle theme BBS. And she had to cut, walk down the aisle with like this snake on her, like live snake, live. <gasps> real. And oh yeah, real. I know. I think, I don't know if she had it on her shoulders if she, or if she wore around her waist, like a belt. I can't remember, but that's like a memory of mine. That's amazing. Oh I'm definitely going to ask her about this. So you should. Uh, but yeah, so I will link as much as we can in the show notes so people can go and learn and read and do all the fun things. But if people have questions for you, how can they reach out? How can they follow you? How can people stay up to date on what you are doing? Yeah. So um, they are more than welcome to email me. Email is the best way to get a hold of me. We're a small co- a congregation, so we don't have like a kid's social media or anything like that. But uh, there is at New Life East. You can always find us there. They can email me at srsmith at newlifechurch.org. I am happy to connect with anybody and everybody. I love building community about this stuff and we can't be alone in it. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And We'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks, Lauren. Friends, that conversation with Shailene was so encouraging. I thought she brought so many nuggets of wisdom to all of you kids ministry leaders who are working really hard to map out and strategically plan your 2023 ministry year in light of your church's mission, vision, and values. If you love this conversation, we love when friends like you rate and review our podcast because that helps other kids ministry leaders find the podcast and listen and learn just like you did. You can pass this along to a fellow ministry leader, a volunteer, or a pastor who may learn something from the conversation that Shaylee and I had today. As always, we can keep the conversation going on our social media pages at Kids Ministry Circle. We've got some fun things coming up in terms of YouTube videos, future podcasts, and just you wait for our big conversation on VBS starting in January. We hope you have a great rest of your week and a great Sunday morning, and we'll see you next time.